It is Thursday the 18th of April 2019 and this is episode 353 of Digital Outbox. Also known as the episode before the marathon, because uh, I doubt we're going to get another one out before then, right? Uh, that depends. We won't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really depend on anything. No. So yes, um, I'm Chris um, and Ian. You're in the in the seat. I'm Ian. Good afternoon. Good, after- good evening. Yeah, yeah, we're into evening now, sadly. Um, right, so let's talk about what's been going on in the tech world since we last spoke at you. And we're going to start with some more Zuckerberg rantings. So Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook fame, has been basically outlining in blog posts um, what he thinks needs to be done to make sure that the, the internet is regulated properly. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, various things, but but he's looking for regulation. Um, so clearly, clearly he feels the pressure in some way, shape or form, because I've spent the last however many years saying, don't regulate us, you know, and uh, so, yeah, I think it's just a fear that there's a, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of chat now about need to break these big platforms up. And that's the thing they probably feel the most, because they, because they always yeah. buy their competitors to make sure they're still on top, split them all up and... And, and equally, they've been hauled across the coals for not being you know for for not implementing their own regulations and and i think what they're trying to do is deflect off and say look this isn't our job to do these regulations we understand that you don't fully understand all this technology so now i am telling you what you as governments around the world need to regulate to make this you know make this a thing yeah i mean even even uh, gdpr which has got had a lot of you know detractors and you know took a long time to implement and um, he's saying I start that as a common framework, building it. Yeah. Start that off and use it. It's a good, a good starting point, and it's sensible. It is sensible from a regulatory point of view, but how annoying is it currently visiting any website ever? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, every single time. And do you does it? Do you pay any more attention to it, or do you just end up clicking an OK button? Um, so I click the OK button, but I still I still think it's making companies treat data more or personal data um, yeah. with a bit more respect, you know. And that's that, that's both you know you know public and private companies. You know you have to you have to you know, you're, you're accountable, and it's forced that issue, and it's an important I, issue. I agree, but but ultimately what it's done is it just put it popped up. They don't are they really treating it with any more respect or are they just popping up a you know a modal that and and quite a lot of the times you don't have any choice still but to accept okay or don't visit the site effectively. Yeah, I would, so I can I can only say my own personal experience it's getting treated you know more seriously. Yeah, I, so. it something needed to happen I think I think we're all yeah. agreed there but ultimately I don't know whether the consumers are any more protected other than just you know they've they've at least submitted their consent to it now rather than uh, doing it invisibly. The only knock I would say is we've not seen the big fines everybody expected. You know, I, so. I, but the regulator said from day 1 this isn't about generating no. fines this is about getting you focused. And if you've got questions on it ask us because we will rather give you the, the tools to to do it properly. If we've talk, given you those tools and we tell you what you should do and you deliberately ignore it or you blatantly don't you, you don't, don't make yourself aware of this, then you get the fines, which we are seeing. 
Indeed. Uh, I mean, there was something about today in the papers about, I think, 1.5 million email addresses that Facebook has, or was it, I can't remember, it's a million or billion. Oh, no, the, the, the numbers fact. just. You're right. Yeah. And that was all about them uploading contacts and storing that data. You know, we talked about that um, dark profile that we talked about, or whatever it's called, the, the secret profiles. And, and shadow profile. Shadow profile, there you go. Um, and I think that was all, all related to that. But they've now sort of, again, Although we're getting lots more Facebook stories, it is all generally them fessing up to some of these things and saying we're deleting it. So, yeah, I guess a bit always chocolate is we accidentally. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. We, we accidentally. accidentally stored these and then used all the data to help us sell you who your next uh, suggested friend was. I'd like to accidentally win the lottery. You know, just <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So Mark Zuckerberg is concentrating on ranting at the moment and he's blogging. So if you're interested in all that kind of stuff, you can get much more detail from his blogs. Um, regulation heavy at the moment and the uk are basically trying to trying to regulate the internet in a they're calling it a safety focused approach the online harms white paper well there you go so that's its official name um so this was so so last may so almost almost a year ago um there was an intent from the conservative government round and uh, that we want to do something around policy um, so, you know, greater regulation, it's been talked about, I mean, we've talked about the Zuckerberg Post and, you know, lots of governments talk about it. Um, and now what the government's proposing is that there's a there's a, um, a mandatory duty of care. That the platforms are going to be forced to take reasonable steps. I think the government have asked them time and again, you need to do more, you need to do more, you need to do more. Yeah, it's a so, bit like, it's you know, it's a bit like, all the debates we're having at the moment, they're, they're, the government have been pushing and pushing for something to happen, but they haven't actually indicated what they want to happen. They're just, you know, <laughs> indicating that, that someone's just going to do something. And it seems like, again, they've now made that decision that, right, we are going to start making some rules and regulation, which is actually what I think people have been crying out for a long time. Whether they get it right or not, that's another question. So what, what kind of stuff are they doing? Yeah, yeah. So, and 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 they're basically saying this is the, the, the kind of buzz quote, uh, era of self-regulation for online companies over. Um, it's now we're now going to put a body in place. They've not they've not decided what that body will be, um, uh, but they're going to put a body in place to do to do official regulation. Um, so this watchdog, whatever it will be, will, uh, they're saying it's got a range of tools. So as, as I said, it's a white paper and it's now into kind of discussion phase. So we're a good while away from this being mm-hmm. you know a law, um, but um, they will be able to issue fines. You know, so I guess they've seen that the fine routes via GDPR means everything's taken seriously, and they've talked about it will be up to that kind of four percent, you know, of of operating profit as well. So it's not mm-hmm. it's not something like hundred grand or something that you, that you could say, well, I'm making that every, you know, hour. You yeah. know, it's 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 significant. Um, potentially block access to sites, um, impose liability on individual members of management. So again, that's back to some of the if you look at some of the the, the big step change in UK law around MC, also for safety and health, was all when actually our CEO, if somebody dies in your company, your I'll put you in jail. Yeah. It's your response, and that's when a lot of companies were like, "I need to take this seriously now." Mm. Um, so I, I think they're just learning the lessons from you know what they've seen around other legislations, and some of it's going to be really difficult to do, but. You know, this this you know putting some frameworks in place makes it, um, you know, makes it really. I'm really sure key. we're going to see some. You know, when it comes out of its consult, you know, we're going to see something generated from this. You know, whether it's a year away, two years, who knows at the moment. But yeah, but but ultimately, 
they'll make some examples of people and then we will see, you know, rightly or wrongly, we'll see some data. But there is that perception at the moment that there is real online harm, you know, um, there, and and there's a, there's a feeling that that's different from, you know, everyday social activity and the harm people can get, get from that. So they're, they're, they're looking to solve that. And it's going to be a while before we know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I mean, they also talk on so harmful content, but they also... They want to force companies if you know if a user complains, do something about it. Yes. You know, don't doesn't just you know go into the ether and it's it's ignored. Um, they want transparency reports so you can you know it's more clear and obvious to people. Um, and also they they've put in some and, and this is where it gets more woolly around the spread of misleading and harmful disinformation. You know, so dedicated fact checkers is that an option? You know, and I think they're focusing on you know just what happened with Brexit. You know, particularly during election periods. So there's a real concern that the, you know, the misinformation that goes on, uh, and we've seen today again referencing Facebook, they've blocked ten far right, mm. um, either uh, I don't want to say parties, but far right pages on Facebook. So whether it's an individual or whether it's a group, um, you know, like Britain First or whatever, mm. um, they've blocked them today. And I'm sure we're going to get a lot of people going. This, you know, it's freedom of speech, but this stuff they're sharing is harmful. You know, it is hate speech. It yeah, is... look, that, things are going to go wrong. There's going to be something is going to be blocked or whatever that shouldn't be. Something is going to be censored. Uh, but I guess the the rules will, and what we found out from the Apple kind of thing was you have to almost do it and find out where those pitfalls are before you can then go correct them and, and come back to somewhere which is actually a reasonable position. Yeah, and I guess the contrary to this, I'm... I guess over time, maybe, whether it's just an age thing, whether it's just become more jaded, or whether it's just to see the impact of it. I think if you know when we first started talking about this, you know, probably a decade ago or you know eight, seven years ago, I think we were like, can't legislate, you know, you can't do mm-hmm. it. And I think more and more, it's like, no, something needs to be done because the the, the kind of misinformation that's spread, the lack of you know the, the ability of, of somebody in Twitter just to go and abuse people is is just yeah. too much now. It's... ultimately when you, whenever you put that many people humans together that you know they, they there's misbehaving and you know yeah. from on a you know whether it's just socially unacceptable or whether it's actually on a legal and you know and just you know it, it, it's just i think i i am of that same opinion yeah we there's definitely something needs to be done to cut, add controls but it's not to say it's actually going to solve any no. of the issues and, and 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 i guess the to to try and do a bbc type you know, let's hear from both sides. Um, so uh, Tech UK, which is a, a startup industry association, um, said that the, the key pillars approach remain too vague. Um, it's vital yeah. the new framework's effective, proportionate, predictable. Um, and I think that's the problem with the you know, the definitions around harm, you know, are going to become mm. quite key because um, it's, it's, you know, there is a, a freedom of speech issue there. And yeah, you should definitely. be able to say things, but there's certain things it's like, no, you're, you've stepped over that line now. You know, and there's there's just not a lot of difference between these kind of censorships and the censorships you get in dictatorships. You know that that's that's where you know things yep. get closer and they end up in the middle somewhere, and and it's really difficult. So you could say, yeah, that that's another aspect to take into account. That you know, even though we think we're coming at it from the right angle, you know, is where where does it end? And and will a you know the way a conservative government would implement this will be different from a liberal democrat or a you know a green party? You know, just just depends where you, you uh, lie no, on that, that exactly so it's a it's a 12-week consultation it ends first of july and then it'll set out action you know but you no know, for final proposals for legislation so it's basically saying here's what we think the ears are open hopefully 
and then they'll get a good range of feedback from you know from all sides, and then they'll actually put the legislation forward when time allows, if they're still in charge, probably. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, quite. Who knows? Okay, we're also seeing uh, copyright laws coming in. Um, told you this was <laughs> legal framework heavy. So this is the EU's copyright rules, um, which were largely criticised by. Um, internet kind of companies people like google rallied against this there was specifically an article 13 inside of these these rules and and it basically puts the puts onto the provider of the the service the the copyright infringement uh issues of of user upper uploaded content so if i upload as a user some content which is copyrighted actually say if i do that on youtube then youtube and google becomes liable for for that issue so YouTube sent out a whole ton of, you know, information earlier in the year saying, look, this is going to have unintended consequences. We may well have to shut some of our service down in Europe if these things happen, because we literally cannot um, cope with them. You know, we can't do this for the amount of data that we're processing. Um, so, yeah, we it, it, there's this big battle and it seems like media companies and copyright owners, are, uh, you know, are winning that battle. And even to the extent I think I mentioned a few weeks back how there were some really quite ugly scenes on YouTube where people's content was being blocked and demonetized purely because it had, you know, background music snippeted away. And there was, there was nothing that user could do to try and get that monetization back. It was all taken by the music industry um, with these automated processes looking out for just, you know, listening to their, for their songs. So anyway, uh, this all feels pretty ugly. It's going to come into law, though, so we're going to see what those consequences are, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, they've, they've, they've done some tweaks to protect memes because it, it was feared at one point it would just kill anybody doing a meme. But it wasn't just um, memes, was it? Is anything of, that they're saying of critique or... Uh, um, yeah. They had several criteria. I can't find it in the big lump, lump of text, but yeah. But, but, but basically, there's still a fear that it will lead to a, a almost like a two-tier internet where you're going Definitely. to have, you know, if I'm in America, I can upload this and it's fine. And if I'm in Europe, I'm not allowing you to upload this because I am now liable. I, I think it's not only going to give it two-tier in geographic senses. I think it's also going to give it a tier, a tier if, if I'm a big company versus if I'm a, a, an independent uh, yeah, producer. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Because as an independent producer, I've got no chance. I've got no legal basis to stand up. Like if I, I was imagining the other day, if BBC put some content out and I, I was just watching some content on it and you could hear some music playing in the background. They were at a, in a live event. You know, their content doesn't get blocked and banned because they've got a, you know, a, a music industry track in the background. It's, you know, it's just because they're reporting from a live event. So I don't know how that works, but they, they obviously don't get blocked, whereas an independent small producer does. And, and that's not a nice place to be because some of the things that the internet brings is this open platform for small producers to be able to bring content, which is innovative and actually exciting rather than, you know, just these mega corporations delivering content. Uh, one of the other parts of this um, um, new copyright rule is this kind of link tax. Um, so basically... Um, search engines, social media providers will have to pay news publishers to feature snippets mm. of their content, and that remains. Um, so if you take Google as an example, they were having similar issues in Spain. It just says, fine, we're just not going to index any of your content. Yeah, um, and I think and, we will see that. And and a lot of Spanish newspapers were up in arms saying, no, you have to. You're, mm. you're, the, you're, the, you're the internet search engine. You have to do this. And they're like, no, we don't. Yeah. 
So that will be that will be again interesting to see if there's right. I guess it depends. It's when it's actually enacted in law and somebody then uses it and the consequences of it, and then you'll see some change potentially. Uh, and it would be interesting as soon as you know, as soon as consumers, uh, you and me, see um, big internet companies take take away services, it, there will be a backlash of some sort, which will put pressure the other way. You know, and and maybe we need that. Uh, Google weren't able to sort of put that pressure on ahead of time by lobbying, so maybe we will see some consumer backlash if if some of these services do get shut down. Okay, uh, last last regulation one. So uh, the online pornography age checks in the UK are going to become mandatory from 15th of July. So we've again, we've talked about this uh, on the podcast before, but this is a much more robust system of checking um, before of who a user is before you can show, um, you know, X-rated content. Uh, looks like... Um, UK are going to be trying to lead the lead the world in this. Um, the if you are if you if companies choose or sites choose not to do this age checking, then there is now a, a, an ability for service providers around the UK to block these sites. Um, so it is you know it's censorship again, um, but it's I guess the the. The intent here is just to protect children from being able to access this content. Yeah, they've exempted um, Twitter, Reddit, you know, Tumblr because it's full of porn. And, mm. um, uh, but but yeah, it's just, so I think it's just it's just going to. I guess it's just strict porn sites. Um, they'll force the image. Force the age. I was going to say image check. <laughs> that would be that would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're forcing the age check, and I think it is one of the. I think from memory, it's the firm behind Pornhub that have stood up the actual technology around the age check, which seems just mm-hmm. a little bit wrong. Um, and, uh, yeah, so so either either you're going to have to, you know, credit card, passport, or driving license type thing to prove it, um, or VPN. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, ultimately, that you know that that that's the thing. These things don't always stop. I guess it. <laughs> Would a, would a kid go and have a VPN account? Most of the time for a VPN account, you need um, to p- have paid for it. So again, that's a similar kind of age check at some point. But like I say, you're not going to stop people who want to, you know, even kids who want to go and view this content. But I think it's worthwhile saying, you know, this this isn't a world we didn't grow up in the world where it was just internet there and, and all that unsavory content or however you view that content is is out there. And, and there's certainly some content that you wouldn't want children viewing, right? In fact, a lot of content you wouldn't want children reading, so needed. Right. Apple and Qualcomm are ending their legal battles. Um, go on. You you talk me through what... I can't remember the, the, where this started, but I know that they have, they've been, you know, moaning it's, at each other. This has been going on for two years, and Apple were basically complaining about, complaining about Qualcomm was charging too much for patents. And mm. Qualcomm have got a, a really good set of patents. The kind of leaders, especially in... Uh, modem especially in 5g um, if you look at last year's iphones compared to android devices um, qualcomm chips were outperforming the apple ones which had mm. intel massively so it's a real you know it's, it's something they can't ignore um, uh, they were they, they've lawyered up and um, they had one day in court and and a lot of tech journalists were like this is going to get really juicy because i mean i mean qualcomm were actually you know basically they 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 tried to get Apple banned in China. You know, it mm. was it was it was there was some big issues, um, and after one day, I had the shock announcement 
You know, we uh, both agreeing to drop all litigation. Um, a payment is being made from Apple to Qualcomm. And there's a six-year licensing agreement, um, which could extend up to two years um, for Apple to use Qualcomm. And, and it was like, wow. So lots of lots of people were like, wow. Everyone has their price. Yep. <laughs> and... Um, uh, no, lots of people were disappointed because they wanted a just say three month <laughs> court case and all the kind of stuff that would come out around that. Um, and four hour, and there was lots of people saying Intel are screwed by this. Four or five hours later, Intel exited the five G mobile modem market. <laughs> okay, so so, not, uh, so not just not just money changing hands, also an agreement about future technologies. Yeah, and 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 I guess we'll, we'll never know. Was this was this Apple trying to strong arm? Qualcomm into lowering some of their costs. Mm. Um, was it Apple realizing that their bet on Intel was failing, um, and the options are limited because Huawei is not an option? Um, so you've you've got Qualcomm, and that's that's about it. And and they are you know they are market leaders. So I I think ultimately for me as a consumer it's good because that they should be hopefully using you know better technology going forward. Mm. Um, Intel it looks it's just. They are. They are getting slammed in a number of fun. Yeah. They're still making massive money, but they oh, yeah. are. But you struggling. know, if you think about that mobile market, which they don't have a strong footing in, and they don't have a strong footing now in the in the modem and and you know, re, you know, areas. So yeah, it's it's interesting times for Intel for sure. For such a massive you know mainstay of yeah, I mean, you, you, of the industry. Yep, you think about the rumors. You know, you look at you look at iPhone and iPad performance with the Apple designed ARM chips. And I should I should also say, I mean, Apple have have already started designing their own modems. You know, mm-hmm. so so the six years with an optional two years is probably not a surprise because they're looking at it's going to take us. I mean, it took them a while to build up on their chips, and but lots of rumours that next year, year after, is going to be our Max again, um, and you just look at Intel and go, wow, mm. wow, yeah, and you know, things change quickly. We you, you see these massive companies, you know, fail like small companies nowadays, it seems. So, yeah. In fact, the, sometimes the larger you are now, it seems more the, the more exposed you are, for sure. Um, yeah, I bet Qualcomm have, like, patents that just say, we have patent on technology which has two separated devices which are talking to other electronically. You know, something is so loose that they well, literally just cover remember, everything. Remember, uh, the one I always remember was Apple saying, we've patented that shape. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, exactly. so we've patented the shape of a phone. We're going. To, it's going to have a touch screen, and it's that shape. And they and it succeeded, patent. didn't it? Like, yeah, it succeeded. And it, and all like you know, with the touch screen and the swipe, and and but even when people said, "Look, Star Trek were doing this years ago," but somehow the patent still stood, as you know, passed its test. Anyway, there we go. Um, Samsung has been having some issues this week with its new foldable phone, which has gone out to uh, review copies have gone out to you know the the, the regular tech tech um, reviewers, um, and they've been seeing quite a high susceptibility to break themselves. So we're seeing screens failing, flickering, cracking, totally you know not showing. Uh, Samsung have come forward and said, well, yeah, okay." Um, they came out with two announcements. One was that a couple of the journalists had peeled away a, a layer of the screen, thinking that it was that, uh, you know, a screen protector when it wasn't. Um, but that didn't satisfy the fact that 
some of the screens that were failing were not. And it just seemed like a high failure rate. Uh, and all the journalists said, we, we're not treating these screens badly. There's nothing we're doing. We're just carrying them around like phones, putting them in our pocket, opening them out. But yeah, um, certainly it looks like if they were to release this product right now, they would have quite a high return failure rate. Although Samsung have said it's a low number of units that they're getting these reports on. But but I think the bit you said was key, you know, so if you're going to release this now, it feels like you're going to have a fairly a fairly substantial return rate embarrassment. They're still going ahead. It's still out next Friday wow, it's and it still costs $2,000. Yeah, that, and that's the one of the biggest issues. Well, not one of the biggest. If this was a three, you know, $100 phone, you you might expect some, some issues. But if you're spending two grand on it. Two grand. And and what was interesting is the, the journalists that got the initial ones um, they weren't under any sort of NDA. Samsung was obviously loving the press they were getting because people were like, oh, look, 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 mm. I've got the new phone. Um, there was no guidance about not removing what looks like a screen protector. Mm. So people did, well, that looks, because you, you can see it in the pictures. It's a, There's a screen and then it looks like a, a bit of plastic. So they were like, oh, I'll just take this off. Um, even one of them had accidentally started. And then was like, I, maybe I shouldn't be taking this off, but that's now started just to peel itself, just because mm. once you start these kind of things, it just goes. And you would ex- and you'd expect over time that is going to peel its edge, you know. Yeah. So, oh, it's, so it's not looking like it's going to be smooth. Well, who knows? Maybe we are seeing, you know, a, a particular weird subset, but it doesn't doesn't sound like it. No, so the- Samsung are saying it should last two hundred thousand folds and unfolds, but. Yeah, I'm guessing that's a little bit exaggerated. <laughs> right, so, so time will tell. I mean, they're plastic screens, so you know maybe that's just back to realization that these products, yes, while you can do them, they're maybe not ready for prime time yet. Yeah, that that's the impression you get, isn't it? It's this is a this is a preview device that you've seen at a CES show that yes. they've decided they're going to yes. go with, um, but they they may live to regret that again. Yeah, but they've they've done it with other products. They're still shouldering on with their multi-billion pound at least it did one thing at least it didn't blow up <laughs> at least it didn't blow up yeah. uh youtube is gonna get back on the amazon fire uh, tv Ooh. devices so after their all the arguments that youtube had around you know making sure that they included the correct adverts in in all these these platforms rather than substituting their own adverts in they i, I guess they've come to some sort of agreement um yeah right which is which is Again, for consumers, for you and me, is is very good news. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't think there's much more to say. It's just another good news story. It's a bit like the kind of Qualcomm Apple one. You know, it's like uh, sick of these good news stories. Let's get rid of these news good ones. Well, it was just, it's just, it's, it's, you know, when it, when they took when they, when Google came off the the kind of the Fire TV and the kind of the Fire was it what was it Fire was it Fire That's... Show is it Show. I can't uh, remember all the different names. Yeah. The, anyway, the one that, that had a screen on it. <laughs> it. Yeah. And you know, and the hack, the workaround was, oh, you can still get to a web browser and view it, and you're like, that's ugly. Yuck. Yeah, yeah. Um, interestingly, um, you still can't buy any of the new Google Home products, like the Echo. Okay, so that's you know, <laughs> so the Google Home or like the Nest. You can't buy them on Amazon yet. Right. Okay. So whether that's going to drop soon, because it's uh, it's a bit like the Apple. You know, the Apple stuff where, yeah, we're going to start streaming music and Echoes. And by the way, you can now buy Apple TVs again on Amazon. Yeah. Yes. Microsoft has come out and announced a new Xbox. Basically, it's an Xbox One S without a without a disk drive. So it's a fully digital device um, selling. And I guess that they've solved it, saved a little 
£2.50 on not putting the disk drive in there. So they, I think it's a cheaper device. Is that right? It is. Um, so it's 199 and 249 in the US. And what they've basically said is they're going to maintain a 50 quid, $50 price gap. Um, so if they do a future sale and the, the 1S right. drops to 200 this is going to drop to 150 Okay, so they, they reckon that costs $50 for a drive. I guess what they know is if you take the drive out and don't allow physical media, they're going to get they're gonna get gonna $50 say, right back from exactly <laughs> from the, the extra charge for digital. Uh, yeah, so I, I I just, so it's back to, we bought a division last week, didn't we? It was 42 yeah. quid, you could buy it on Amazon for 32. You know, so yeah. you, you, you're going to make that back over time. Yeah, and say I've, I've definitely in my head moved to the digital delivery i don't like the idea of physical and especially as i now know that those games can follow me around it's you know i have a license to play those games it's you know it's it, for me it's it works but it but there is a tax on it basically i, I quite like that people were the, the, so this is called the xbox one s all digital or as other people called it the xbox one sad <laughs> but it i mean i we heard from playstation as well that they've they've given the first details of their playstation 5 or codename playstation 5 yeah. um and it was interesting that was the about a day before they came out with that then then the microsoft announcement and it was almost like maybe they heard on the grapevine that microsoft were going to announce something and they felt like they had to jump in with because they know they're not going to be producing this until 2020 is it so i think it's, it's a way so off the, yeah so the, they've said it's not 2019 um and and even earlier this year until in the last year they said you know we're at the end of the ps4 so they've they've, they've been you know they've been you know this is coming and everybody expects um and we're only probably what six seven weeks away everybody expects that e3 microsoft are going to unveil you know what, what the next steps are yeah so it's, this was an article um with, from mark i always think it's cerny but maybe it's not mark cerny um, so he's like the he's the kind of architect behind the, the PlayStation Four and and the PlayStation Five, if they call it that. I'm assuming they are. Um, so yeah, you know, an eight-core CPU based on AMD, custom graphics processors. So they've dropped in. It'll, it'll do ray tracing, I, I guess, like the big Nvidia new graphics that, card. So that's all the latest thing is about. You know, oh, can can you remember in in the early days when you had a ray tracing program and if you built <laughs> if you built a complicated scene, it literally built it line by line, and it took yeah. like sometimes like twelve hours to build a picture. You had to wait twelve hours before you realised it was really rubbish, <laughs> and you'd yeah. chosen the r- wrong material. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. now, now it can do it for these massively detailed worlds in line. It's bonkers. Um, I think the big thing is is basically a commitment to have an SSD in it. So SSDs are still expensive. Um, the, the, there's some specs around what, what is basically promising around this, and the demo was um, um, it took it took Spider Man, um, mm-hmm. so a current game. Um, and this particular loading section took 15 seconds, but they did it on the PS5 reference hardware, and it was 0.8 seconds. So the other thing about SSD, as well as expense, is that it does have a life. You know, they have quite. A, it's a it's a less life than um, an optical drive for sure. Um, but we were talking the other day about this, and I, I, my prediction is that these devices, these like PlayStation 5 and ongoing, is going to be somewhere around the five um, five hundred. Uh, sorry, seven hundred quid mark. At least. They're going to be expensive because I mean, it, the other, there's a couple of daft things in it, like it'll support 8K TVs. Yeah. It's like, yeah, do... what, I, what I quite like is it just says support 8K TVs. Yeah. They didn't say we're going to have 8K output. It just said, yeah, we'll upscale. <laughs> you know, <so>. exactly. Um, <clears throat> and a couple of other, so a couple of other surprising things. It'll also have committed to physical media, so it will have a physical media. But it, and I don't know if that means is that is that is that then you know still with Blu-ray or is it something else? 
Don't... Yeah, because that physical media, like the developments we were seeing at one time was like every year we seem to get a new technology. We're, we're not seeing anything like that now. Exactly. Um, and there was other sort of support around, uh, you know, 3D audio sound and it'll support the current PlayStation VR headset, but I'm assuming we'll get a next-gen version of that. I mean, and No Man's Sky announced their VR. Very tempted to go and buy a VR headset again <laughs> for that, but I'm not going to. <laughs> It'd be good for a few days. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, um, it, it, interesting to see that slip out. They've already said they're not attending E3, so it's kind of given E3 whether they'll do more announcements before E3 or whether that's it, they'll let Microsoft take the E3, you know, press and do something else. Who knows? You've got to imagine they're going to be doing some sort of disrupt because they don't exactly. want to. They, again, but the last two generations we've seen, whoever got out first to I to know. actually to the to the to people actually seem to win the generation. So yeah. Okay, they we're more to see along that front. Anyway, it's exciting times, I guess. But Microsoft already said that they're chances are everything's going to be evolution now rather than revolution you know, and, and backwards compatibility as well so yeah, i think that's yeah. something that was at the playstation 3 tripped up in that there's lots of people were looking and i think they've seen with xbox and with the game pass type service that that there is longevity in playing these old games there's um, a way of making more money out of those older games yeah. and the pc you know games market is is robust enough that we've seen they have to support multiple different hardwares with the same code base so and it's they seem to get it to get it done all right, that is the end of our news. So thank you very much. And do you have a pick or anything, Ian? No. Nope. Great stuff. Yep, so next time <laughs> um, we speak, hopefully I will be a marathon runner, a bona fide. So that's for the next time. In the meantime, if you want to find out more about what we do, digitaloutbox.com is our website. Info at digitaloutbox.com if you want to talk to us on email. And then we're on Twitter as digitaloutbox. You can get me on Twitter, uh, Cheesy UK, um, racing blog, academyracer.co.uk. That's for my car racing and then cheesy.blog for all my running stuff. Ian, what about you? Uh, com. Can't be bothered anymore. It's just easy, isn't it now? It is. I'm going to have to combine stuff down. Just, have, a, just, have a selection. Which part like, of my life do you want to know about? It's just, it's just like that, but it's longer than, longer than all the articles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Point taken. Speak to you next time. <laughs> Bye. Ta-da. So what you need is a new domain registered <laughs> yeah. to, to pull all the other ones together. It should have nice little lift music when you arrive and it should... Yeah. Which, which service do you provide? Well, you could level one running, level two racing. <laughs> Please press one. Your website will be with you shortly. Your call is important. <laughs> <laughs>